Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the program. Oh, jeez. It's already that time. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than lying in bed at night, staring at the ceiling and knowing, just knowing that you're not going to be able to go to sleep because Glenn's head is in your camera shot. And, of course, your is brain... Is a problem? <laughs> your brain is totally in go mode. It happens to me all the time. Uh, the more you want to sleep, the less you can, and that becomes part of the vicious cycle of racing thoughts. It sounds like something uh, that you're going through. You need to try Ebb. Ebb is the first wearable drug-free solution that targets the root cause of sleeplessness. It works by applying precise and continual cooling to the forehead, which slows down metabolic activity in the brain. It's all sciencey stuff. I don't know. But it, the four to five users report that they fall asleep faster and their quality of sleep is better. That I do know, and that's a big deal. And unlike most of the stuff you take to help your sleep, it's not like one of those things where you have side effects and uh, the next day you wake up, you're all groggy and everything. You just be able to go back to your peak performance. Have the energy to do the things that you love again by getting the sleep you need. Our listeners can now try Ebb uh, risk-free for 60 nights to confirm uh, it's the solution for you. Give it a shot. Check it out. See if it works for you. Tryebb.com is uh, slash Beck, T-R-Y-E-B-B.com slash Beck. Tryebb.com slash Beck. Get the sleep you deserve. Hello, America. Welcome to it. It's Tuesday, big night. We have the special on Corona, the Wednesday night special on The Blaze. But also, tonight is a big night for Michael Bloomberg. His first time on the debate stage. And if the other candidates go at him half as hard as the media is, he might be finished tonight. We have that and your stats on what could be a game changer the coronavirus or COVID-19 in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Troy is one of those uh, people who likes to get up in the morning. I don't, I don't know those people. I don't like those people. Um, and, you know, when he's like, I'm happiest in the morning, I think that's a sign of insanity. But Troy starts working out to get healthy, Oof. and he loves to run. And he's good at it. He had just worked his way up to running a 5K when the pain settled in. It was in his knees and began swelling and stiffening up. Eventually it got so bad that Troy doubted he'd ever be able to run again, much less uh, continue the challenge himself. Fortunately, that's when he heard about Relief Factor. And within a few weeks of trying it, Troy's knees were immensely better. He's probably out like a lunatic running right now. Hey, Troy, you're crazy. When taken properly, uh, relief factor. Can you imagine? I mean, my grandfather, if he would have seen somebody jogging, he would have. People didn't run back then. We just worked. You didn't go out and run and jogging. Anyway, relief factor attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain. 70% of the people who take it go on to purchase more, and it only costs nineteen ninety five to start with their three-week quick start. So if you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Oh, man, I've got some great stories on Bloomberg. We have to get to this guy. This guy's amazing. He's a never-ending wealth of just crazy stories. Opposition researchers' oh, dream. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. I mean, if if the left was like, we can beat Donald Trump, 
at being a scumbag, you win. <laughs> you win. Um, all right, let's uh, let's first go to Jason uh, Buttrell. He's our our uh, chief researcher and head writer for the Glenbeck program. Uh, and this is uh, the Wednesday night special tonight at 9 p.m. You can find it live and on demand at The Blaze beginning at 9 p.m. tonight. Uh, and um, and you can also watch it, I think, just live on uh, YouTube, The Blaze YouTube channel. So you can watch it there if you have a friend who's like, I don't subscribe to The Blaze. It's a great opportunity for them to see why they should. If they miss it, or if you miss it, you can only find it on demand at blaze.com for members only because you guys are the ones who have made all of this research possible. For two weeks, I've had him in a bubble, uh, the coronavirus bubble, and researching everything. And Jason was a good guy to put on this because he was very skeptical at first. He was skeptical of, I don't think this is a big deal. Um, And we both were. And where we've come out on the other end of this is, I'm not sure. I I think it is a big deal, and I'll explain in a minute. But I'm not sure that this is something to write off or something to panic about. It is something just to watch closely. Usually the topics you give me, I'm like, it's it's, it's hard because the people that we're researching are trying to withhold information yeah so I, it takes forever to try to dig out documents or whatever right but when we talk about coronavirus it's like, oh great it's this is gonna be easy you know? <laughs> a, but i'm finding china what's weird is it's almost like looking into a george soros organization yeah looking into the coronavirus this mm-hmm. is how it's been mm-hmm. because uh, they're just withholding so much information and that's what how i've come out of this so i'm thinking like you've seen the outbreak and dustin hoffman running around saying mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we got to find patient zero and ground zero and mm-hmm. isolate that area right well, I don't think they have any freaking clue who patient zero is and where ground zero is. Yeah, they, they, there's two things that people are saying. It came from bat soup. We're pretty sure it didn't come from bat soup. Um, however, it, it, it could have come from this market. I mean, I really think that, you know, if, if we're depending on supply lines, hey, uh, just want to General Motors, Apple. You know, you probably shouldn't put your manufacturing sites in a place where they have an open market where bats are crapping on camels and camels are, you know, crapping on salamanders and they're all in cages, one on top of each other. That's a bad idea. Every single ma- major outbreak that's come out, SARS, a couple of other flus, they've all come out of China. So right. who was the executive was like, that's where I want my factory. <laughs> right. We got to do it there because, <laughs> man, you get a great bowl of hot bat soup. Uh, so so it, it may have come from them, but they don't think so. We don't think that it came from a bioweapons lab because it's, it's, it's a natural virus. It's too chaotic to be something that they made in a lab. It has no markings of a, of a lab uh, virus. May have been studied at that lab there in uh, in Wuhan, but was not made in that lab. That's not to say it didn't come out of that. Right. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, the, 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 I looked at the study, and it's re- pretty alarming, actually. Of all the cases, and this is back when they first were looking into this, when I think it was like around 90 people ha- had contracted at that time. They looked at all 90 cases, and they said, okay, we've uh, there's a vast majority, yes, we're in that, f- that food market, but patient zero did not catch it there. So he infected someone else. That person walked into that food market, and that's when it started. So but- here's, here's what you need to know. We are talking tonight at uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, we have a segment towards the end of the program 
where I talked to somebody who is in quarantine. He's a doctor uh, from China. He's American, but he was in China right there. Uh, and he's in quarantine right now. And we Skyped into his, into his, uh, his, his secret lair uh, <laughs> and talked to him about what it was, what it was like there, what the concerns are. And his biggest concern is that the mortality rate on this may be low. Right now it's at two. Uh, meaning two out of every hundred people will that get it will die. That's about the, the rate of the Spanish flu. Um, and the regular flu has a 0.1 death rate. He said, you know, even if this has a 1% death rate, that's a lot worse than the flu. But the problem is, is this is so easily spread that it could affect 60, 70 million people. And if, if it only affects 40 million people around the world, that's a, that, that's a number of 65 million people that will die this season. Remember, this is a flu. The flu that you normally get is the strain of the 1918 flu. So we keep, we keep fighting the 1918 Spanish flu every year. There are different flus that come through, but that's the main basis of the flu that we have. So this flu is not going away. And if it mutates, it gets more deadly. It's horrible. If it just stays this way, it could kill 65 million people every single year. And I I don't know whether to trust. That's why I'm so confused on this entire thing, because what they're saying the fatality rate is, what they're saying it's 2%. I don't even think I can trust that, because the data that we've looked at, if you just go off of what like let's uh, we we we've gotten some statements from some cremation workers over in China mm-hmm. and their information is completely contradictory to what they're saying that China is saying the fatality rate is and those people by the way who are speaking out we will show you them tonight uh oh my gosh. they're in jail or suddenly disappeared or surprisingly they caught the flu and died within a couple of days yeah healthy middle-aged people in their 30s catching the flu and dying Right. Again, that does Quickly. not match what yeah, they tell us. Match. So the the official number today, yesterday it was 73,435 people uh, globally had this. Uh, today it's up to 75. In the death rate, there was a 20% jump overnight. Uh, 1,875 deaths. It's now 2,009 uh, overnight. However, that that doesn't fit. The real number according to several experts, is probably closer to 350,000 that have been infected. I don't doubt it. We just don't know about it yet. Wow. So if you just compare that to SARS. Do you, I mean, SARS just, infected 8,000 people. And only killed around 700. Mm-hmm. But this was after a full 12 months of China trying to cover it up, saying, no, right. no problem, no problem here. And then finally, a doctor, similar to this case, came out and you know, blew the whistle on it. That's 12 months. We've only had, this has only been a few months, and they've already dwarfed. I mean, it's over double the amount that was killed by SARS, and SARS had a higher fatality rate. See, this does not add up at all. So you were skeptical on that number, Stu. Why? You said 65 million people were going to die every year, so yes, I'm skeptical. Isn't that what the research shows? That's the... If what happens? 40 million people 
they believe 40 million people Mm -hmm. will get this worldwide. It's currently an epidemic. An epidemic is regional. Mm -hmm. Um, A pandemic is all around the world. If this becomes a pandemic, they believe that 65 million, that's the low number, will um, contract this flu in a 12-month period. Okay. Well, you, first of all, you said we'll die. So that's a big No, no, difference. no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's a big... No, six, 40% of the population, sorry, 45% of the population will contract this flu in a year. 45%. Out of that 45%, that means 65 million humans will die. If 45% of the globe gets the... Yes. Yes. So 40, if it becomes mm-hmm. a pandemic, right. they believe 40%, 40 to 60, I'm taking the low number, 40% of the globe, everybody living today, will get this this year, okay, <laughs> if it's a pandemic. Wow. I mean, that's a real, real escalation. Uh, the only thing they... that's, they're saying the only thing that's going to stop this, they say there's the real hope is summer. Flu dies out. Oh, in the heat. Well, maybe global warming will save us after <laughs> yeah. all. That yeah. would be so satisfying. Right. <laughs> so, and that's that's the but that's the low number. Imagine if forty percent of the world has a flu that you don't that you have to just shut everybody down and make sure you stay home. If forty percent of the world, what happens? And this is the real thing that I'm focusing on: two things tonight, um, not just the virus. But I wanted to look at what governments are doing and what big government of China really means. That's the number one killer. It's not the flu. It is the Chinese government, the communist government that is killing these people because of their incompetence, their secrecy and their policies. Um, But I also wanted to look at what does this mean for the economy? This should be the number one thing on Donald Trump's radar right now, because this may be the, the difference between winning and losing an election. This thing, it, it may calm down uh, in summer here in the United States if it even gets here this year. But it doesn't have to escape China to affect us. India is already headed towards a recession uh, there's a report out today. Several of these um, uh, car companies here in America and in the UK are struggling because they don't have parts. In fact, Land Rover just said they're taking parts out of China in suitcases right now. They only have parts to continue production for the next two weeks. So what's going to happen is not only are we not getting parts and things to be able to complete uh, products over here in America and us not getting products to the shelves here in America for us not to be able to go into Target or where Walmart and buy the stuff that we want. You're not going to be able to um, make them, sell them. And a bigger problem currently is that companies like Apple and even Ralph Lauren, Ralph Lauren, 75% of their stores now in Asia are closed and have been closed for weeks. That's a growth market for of, all the way from Apple to Land Rover. That's their number one growth market as well. In fact, I think their number one market. So Land Rover, Jaguar, um, uh, Apple to clothing from like Ralph Lauren. 
those companies are going to take significant hits. When they do, their stock prices start to fall. The stocks should have fallen already, and they haven't. And I think it's because everybody's keeping their fingers crossed, and there's going to be all kinds of money printing and pumping to keep the economies of the entire globe afloat. This is the number one, in my opinion, this is the number one concern in the short term. In the long term, we're going to be fighting this for maybe forever. Tonight, uh, Jason, will you come back and let's get into some of the stats next next hour? All right. Uh, tonight at 9 o'clock, a special you do not want to miss. You can watch it on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, use the promo code Glenn, and you're going to save 10% now on your subscription. We'll see you tonight at 9 p.m. for the Wednesday night special. So I had the guys from NetSuite in my office yesterday from Oracle and because uh, we're installing uh, NetSuite here. And I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I, I, I told them, where have you been? Where have you been? I said, what are you talking about? I said, in 2010, we started the blaze. And Stu, I don't know if you were in any of these meetings, but I used to always say, like a clock on the wall, every 15 minutes, I'd be like, I don't know the numbers. How are we making these decisions? We don't know. We don't know subscriptions. We don't know, uh, you know, rollover. We don't know anything. And everybody had their own department and their own numbers, but no one could bring them all together. And I told NetSuite, I said, we struggled and struggled and struggled. And the one thing I kept asking for was, can I get a dashboard? Something I could just have on my computer so when we're making a decision, I can go, okay, well, this is cash flow. This is what's coming in. This is what's going out. This is what subscriptions are doing. Can you just give me all that information? Couldn't back in the day. NetSuite now can. If you have a company and you're going, you want to take your company from $2 million to $10 million or $10 million to $50 million, NetSuite by Oracle is what you need. It is, it's something for any business that is looking to grow and, and it, it struggles like I do. I know what I'm good at. The other thing I kept saying all the time was, look, can we just do the things we're good at? Who's good at all of this? Because I'm not. NetSuite by Oracle lets you do the thing that you got into business for. I don't know about you, but I never dreamt about, hey, you know what? When I grow up, I want to go over the books at night. I want to check all the numbers. If that's you, God bless you. That's not why I'm doing business. If you're doing business because of something that you love and you want to turbo your business, I urge you to call NetSuite now. Go to NetSuite.com slash Beck. Set up your free demo. Get your free guide today at NetSuite.com slash Beck. NetSuite.com slash Beck. 10-second station ID. So uh, I don't know what happened to Chris, uh, Chris Matthews, but he's like suddenly somebody kicked him in the head or he's going through dementia or something. I don't know. But all of a sudden, Chris Matthews is starting to speak sense again. He didn't mind when all the Marxists were, you know, were surrounding Obama. But now suddenly that it's Bernie Sanders, 
He's like, the Democrats have got to say, we're against this socialist thing. <laughs> Bizarre. He has his Crazy. moments every once in a while where he does things like this. Yeah. I, you know, he's a party guy. Yeah. He's a party guy and he's an old school party guy. And so Sanders is out of that club. So it's okay for him to be critical, I guess. Yeah, let's let's play a little bit of this. It's the first time he's made sense since like 1973. And I hope that the candidates uh, who have been telegraphing their punches against Sanders, Senator Sanders, are actually going to deliver them. I mean, I hope they actually do what they promised to do. Are they going to go after him about the bad behavior of, of Bernie's supporters or not? Is this ah. how they do things Whoa. in Denmark? And nobody just says the obvious. Bernie, you're full of it. None of this is going to get passed. They're just pandering to the Bernie people. And you know what? Pandering gets you nothing. It certainly doesn't get your respect. They've got to get out there and say, I disagree with socialism. I believe in the markets. Right. I think he's wrong. I think he'll never get it done. And this country will never go that direction. And by the way, we'll lose 49 states. Well, I think he's probably right on that. Uh, I hope he's he's right on that. I don't see this big socialist uprising. I see maybe I see maybe 30%. Explain, let's explain Bernie Sanders' numbers. 30% of the Democrats are saying, I like Bernie Sanders. Okay. That means maybe 10% of that 30 is like, I think he's the best one to win against Donald Trump. 10% is, I just, I really want big change. I want big change. And I'm really a, such a dummy. I don't even really know what <laughs> he's talking about with socialism and the end of the capitalist market. And then there's 10% that is dedicated, die hard, die in the streets for communism. Well, that's not enough for, uh, uh, enough to win an election. It's just not. Uh, in the Democrats who are saying, hey, we'll go with a socialist just to beat Donald Trump. I mean, Nancy Pelosi said uh, yesterday, you know, we we just we just really have to uh, rally behind whoever it is because we can't let Donald Trump win. No, you know, Nancy, no, you you have to know what you stand for. And she says, we have the better ideas. We have the better principles, <laughs> principles love to hear a declaration of your principles but i don't know what your party stands for and i think that's a problem with most democrats they don't know what it stands for do do they stand for socialism or do they stand for the free market do they they stand for equal justice or just social justice do they stand for all men are created equal or yeah, all men are created equal, but, I mean, we're not going to treat people equal. I mean, if you're old and white, no, unless you happen to be running as a billionaire for the top of the ticket for our party. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is uh, my pillow. After a long day of back-breaking physical torture, I mean, sitting across the chair from from the table from Stu is you don't know what it takes. It's like digging a ditch every day. And I close my eyes to pray to God that He'd spare me from a, another day of this strange hell. But I wake up every day and I do it again. Why? Because I've slept on it's just this glorious my pillow and glorious Giza dream sheets. It's the only thing that gets me through the day. 
MyPillow products are truly remarkable. Giza Dream Sheets are buy one, get one free. And Giza Cotton is the best in the world. It's durable but soft and gets softer every time you sleep in it and every time you, uh, every time you uh, wash them. It is from My Pillow and Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell would like you to go to the new radio listener specials on his website, MyPillow.com. Buy one pair of Giza Dream Sheets and get the other one free. Also, deep discounts on all their other products at MyPillow.com. Enter the promo code back. Go to BlazeTV.com. Use the promo code Glenn. Get 10 bucks off. You can see the Wednesday night special tonight on coronavirus. All the real details on tonight's episode. Hello, America. It's Wednesday. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The Wednesday night special is happening tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, on Blaze TV. We we urge you not to miss it. If you happen to be watching the debate tonight, because I know you just can't peel your way, yourself away from those great debates. Um, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be really hard. Really, really hard. I can't wait to see what Judge is saying. Uh, but uh, uh, you can watch it on demand at The Blaze. You can also watch it live on Blaze TV, 9 p.m. If you don't, if you have a friend who doesn't have The Blaze, they can watch it, uh, the live broadcast. They can watch it on The Blaze YouTube channel, uh, but they'll only be able to get it on demand at blazetv.com. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. Welcome to the program. Thank you. May may I ask you to clarify one thing again? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I think Stu already asked you to clarify this. The sixty five million debt. Yes. <laughs> so you're saying that forty percent of the world could get the virus. So the Okay, so you're talking about two and a half billion people. The lowest right? est- the yes, the two and a half billion people get it and yes. sixty five million die. A year. Every year. Every year. Assuming we don't come up with I a I mean that's significant unbelievable so the lowest number significant that's a good that's a it quite would the understatement obliterate yeah. every economy on the on the planet yeah yeah and obliterate. especially we are in mutually assured economic destruction territory right. one also, goes down right. we all go down big big thing you put on there assuming we don't come up with a vaccine right? yes I mean, that's yes a, that's a huge yes. uh, if obviously right. we but do assume we, we will still have one. vaccines and you know cut that number in half cut the number in half you're still talking 30 million people. I mean, that's... I mean, you know, you're still you talking... Know, look, you wouldn't get the same infection rates, though. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch it at the same rate. R- cut it in half. Right. Cut, it, cut it in three quarters. You're yeah. still talking about a lot of people. Yeah. Cut it, bring it down to the flu. You're still adding that many deaths every year. Let's just say 65,000 people died of the flu in the U.S. last year. Uh I think so it was that. It, it was. was. Yes, 2018, mm-hmm. I think that okay. number was from. So yeah. 65,000 people died in 2018 of the flu, regular flu. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it's now 120,000. That's not good. No, no, no it's, <laughs> not. it's not no, good. It's not good. Um, and so it's, you know, it's, it's something we should be really concerned of long term. Hopefully summer will squash it, but then it will pick back up again. Um, we we really have to pay attention to this, and we have to really look at our supply chain. Do you know that eighty percent of all of our medicine is it's coming from China? China, eighty mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, in in India, aspirin 
because of this is already 400% higher than it was before Christmas. I'm sort of wishing we would have thought that through. Yeah, we before did. Before we I, decided to start manufacturing yeah. all drugs in China. I, I'm i pretty hmm. sure this show was uh, screaming about yeah. that during the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. This is a bad idea. You don't want to do this. Critical infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. We're all tied together, so let's make them. Let's have them make our military hardware too. That'd be great. That's a good idea, right? Really, It'd be a lot cheaper a, if they make it in China. Great, <laughs> that'd be great. Idea? Yeah, let's like have it. them keep all of our like records it. there too. Yes, grow all of our yes. food. Make all of our phones. Oh, it would be huh. fantastic. Be great. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the debate tonight. Uh, tonight is the first time that Michael Bloomberg is coming on stage. I wouldn't be surprised if they have actually dynamited his part of the platform. I mean, they, the Democrats and the press, they really don't like him. They really don't like him. Maybe there's a trap door mm. uh, that he falls through. This could be uh, really interesting because they got to get rid of him. Yeah, they're not fans. Thing one is, will they allow him a box to stand on? That's I think that's thing one because he's only you know the president keeps saying five four but I, not quite I, I that understand short. he's five eight right well, five we six five eight something like that we don't know he did but, lie a uh, lie on his driver's license yeah that's true that's wow did this he is really? from the New York Times listen to this um, yeah he, someone was pointing out that oh th- that stuff doesn't uh, here, Ma- it's Maggie Haberman by the way who's like the top reporter at the New York Times um, someone writes uh, uh, the height thing doesn't actually bo- bother Mike. Size matters to Trump, Uh but it's the size of the deficit, the size of Trump's ego, and the scale of our constitutional crisis that do bother Mike. Like, obviously, some Mm -hmm. political hack. She Mm -hmm. writes, I'm going to disagree with you as someone who covered him in his 2001 campaign and for many years after, Tim. Typically, people who are not bothered don't put down the wrong height on their driver's license. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Do we know what height he put down and what height he actually is? You know, I did actually look this up afterwards, and I... I want to say he put like five eleven or five ten, and he's oh. five seven or five eight in reality. That's, uh, yeah, that's not. I mean, uh, that's something. That's not like I'm getting shorter because yeah. I'm aging. No. Mm-hmm. He's bothered yeah. by it for oh, sure. Clearly, because he's clearly. he's an egomaniac too. The size of his ego, I think, is even bigger than Trump's because. He thinks he can make these declarations like he did about farmers, and uh, nobody will get pissed because he's just Michael so smart. I'm just, I'm just telling you things that you can't possibly know that I know, and I'm just sharing my and wisdom. Part with of you. it is, part of it also is, there's no charm about him at all. None, no charm. Yeah, uh, and so you know, you get away with saying things. You know, when Donald Trump tweets, sometimes this is straight up mean. Sometimes <laughs> when it comes to like his height thing. He's he's been, when when he gave that interview and he was like, I don't know. I mean, should he be given a box? Is that even fair? To, I mean, <laughs> he's being funny about it and clever and kind of charming yes. about it. Unless you're Michael Bloomberg. Right. Um, where Bloomberg is just a jerk all the time. Right. It's like they're running the biggest jerks in the country. They got they already have the old guy. That, you know, used to scream at you all the time. Get up, my lad! Shut up, you kids! In Bernie Sanders. Now they just have another one who just is like Mr. Potter. 
He's the guy who mm-hmm. owns the town, thinks mm-hmm. he runs everything, thinks he can buy everything, thinks he's better than everyone, and doesn't understand that, you know, you really, if you're going to run for the Democratic Party, you can't say, you know, Hispanics and blacks, you know, 16 to 24 year olds, they just, they don't know how to behave in the workplace. They don't, they don't have any skills really to be a part of the workplace. You can't. What are you doing? Yeah. You can't harass women. I mean, he's got 40, 40 lawsuits that have been lodged against him, sexual discrimination, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if you were looking for someone who had more accusers than Donald Trump, you found him. He's got like double the amount of accusers. And how about what he said about blacks and the and the murder rate and the crime in their neighborhoods? Uh, how about? Uh, wow. How about this one? Last year, last year, he described uh, transgender people as he, she, or it. (laughs) Some guy who's in a dress and is a girl's locker room. Um, Listen to it for yourself. If your conversation during a presidential election is about some guy wearing a dress and whether he, she, or it can go to and, and go to the locker room with their daughter... That's not a winning formula for most people. They care about health care. They care about education. They care about safety and all of those kinds of things. And some of these social issues that and it's not just the American government, the EU government does it as well. Uh, we're focusing on a lot of things that have little relevance to people who are trying to live in a world that is changing because of technology. Hey, stop. Jeez, stop. this is that. a good this is a good message that will will really ring loudly to a lot of people, but not Democrats. Mm-mm. Not at least not the Democrats that are uh, you know that are that are actually voting in primaries. And that explains the big gay ice cream commercial, doesn't it? I mean, it does. Yeah, he's pandering now. Now instead, no, I don't have anything. I I love, I love the gay. I, lo- I love, the gay. love the gay. The gay is the great. trans. I love that. Uh, I love, love them. Yeah. them. Yeah. I I was big on the transit system. <laughs> yes. in New York. Uh, who was bigger on transit than me? That's what I was just saying. Trans it. Yeah, That's it. I was saying transit. You guys misunderstood me. Trans it. What, what are you talking about? This guy is just blowing himself oh, up. So bad. And it's and it's. You know, Nancy Pelosi, I said this earlier, but let me let me read this to you. Nancy Pelosi said, we must be unified to beat to, to be able to beat to beat uh, Donald Trump. Um, any of the any of the candidates would be a better president. Mm, no, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Uh, I can't even envision a situation where he would be reelected. You should work on your imagination because I think it's coming. Uh, but we are not. We do not take anything for granted. I say we have to have our own vision for the future. But everybody knows that we have the better vision. What vision? Wait, what? Hmm. what vision? You can't decide whether you're for the socialist or against the socialist. You can't decide whether somebody coming in and using your own words, buying the nomination is a good thing or a bad thing. You can't decide whether you should run with a candidate who doesn't say that transgender people are it or somebody who's all about transgender. You can't even agree if the guy booted judge who's gay while talking about his husband on the stage is being shouted down by members who are claiming to be Democrats that he's not gay enough. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I... And on the, on the other hand, you have Democrats who show up at a caucus who voted for him and then found out he's gay and they want their vote back. Mm, saw that too. Uh, amazing stuff. Oh, you didn't see the... No, I didn't yeah, see that there was, one. There was, a, uh, there was one of the delegates who handed in her vote and she proudly voted for Buttigieg and then somehow in the discussion with the officials came out that he, you know, he had a husband. His husband's over there. Uh, wait. He's married to a man. How how much yeah. research did you do on this guy? How right. did you meet that? I missed that. Right. She was like, "Why haven't you talked about that?" You've missed his main qualification for being president. That's <laughs> yeah. really the only the notable That's thing about the guy. You think it talked was, about? You think it was because he was? Uh, he's a former mayor of a little <laughs> town. What are you talking about? What, what I'd like to know from the Democrats: What does your party stand for? What is your vision? Mm-hmm. Because your vision to a big number of people in this country is we're going to take away guns. We're going to silence those who disagree with us. Uh, we are not just going to say abortion is you know safe, uh, uh, legal, and rare. We're now going to shout our abortions. We're now going to celebrate, celebrate our mm-hmm. abortions. Uh, you are big-time anti-Israel. You are anti-white anti your ageists your anti except unless they're running unless they're running mm-hmm. for your party you're against old white men you're against wealth you're against the capitalist system mm-hmm. you're against any kind of innovation through the public sector and through the markets especially when it comes to health care that's what a lot of people think you're for because i don't know all your words and actions seem to say that so what is it that you really are. If you're that, Bloomberg doesn't fit. If you're that, you should be backing Bernie Sanders. But you seem to be going against Bernie Sanders. So what is it you really are? Or are you only against Bernie Sanders because he's a challenge to possibly your power, a challenge to your current corruption, although communists are much more corrupt. They're really good at corruption. They usually steal all of the wealth. Um, is it that? Or are you just afraid that he, would win, uh, he wouldn't win, that it would be another George McGovern, that there's no way that a communist or a socialist could win in America, so you're only saying you're against it because the time isn't right? I'd like to know, could somebody be honest in the Democratic Party and tell us what they really believe? Uh, subscribe to Pat's podcast, Pat Gray Unleashed, on uh, iTunes yeah, right. and iHeart and everywhere you get on your podcast. Get it on the iTunes. And uh, as well as YouTube uh, and Stu Does America and the Glenn Beck program as well. All right. Owning and managing a home in the Trump economy continues to be much easier to do than it was in previous years. The housing market. Now, if you were trying to buy a home two years ago, you can buy that same home uh, and you can spend forty eight thousand dollars more than you would have spent. Not because the price of the home went up. Because you can buy a bigger home or you can buy a nicer home for 48000 and still have the same mortgage payment. That's because interest rates, we're talking about a 16% increase in your buying power because of those lower interest rates. So, I mean, if be responsible, I would 
take out and buy that home for 16 percent less of, you know, with that buying power. Uh, but a lot of people. No just one buy, does that. No one does when that. When you have the opportunity, you just buy the bigger house. Yeah. Listen, if you want to consolidate debt, start working yourself into a better financial position. You could save up to a thousand dollars a month or more. Call the mortgage consultants, whether you're getting a mortgage, you want a refi, or you want a consolidation loan. The people that have you covered coast to coast is American Financing. American Financing. Call them now at 800-906-2440. 1-800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, you better be careful what you hope for, um, because uh, Bloomberg seems like a clown now. But in many ways, we'll talk about this later on in the program. He is very much the Democrats, Donald Trump, even the things he's saying about transgender and everything else. He's saying these things, and it's only really offensive to the woke part of the Democratic Party. If he goes mainstream, if he is the candidate, they really have, in some ways, found their Donald Trump. He's a guy who doesn't care. He's a guy who will say anything. He's a guy who will buck his own party. Obviously, the resources. uh, Yeah, has massive resources. I I mean, mean, he's a dangerous candidate for Donald Trump, I think. It's interesting. The stuff that's burning him now is not the stuff that would burn him in a general. In the general, he's going to have problems with guns and global warming and things of that nature, where now it's... You know, stuff like, well, girls shouldn't be allowed or boys shouldn't be allowed in the girls locker room. That might not connect to a woke caucus voter, but it will connect to the average person who's like, well, of course we don't want that. It's going to be interesting to watch how things pan out. And what happened to Pete Buttigieg? He was just, he's gone. Mm -hmm. Where Where did Mayor Pete go? Pete, you around? He better make a statement from the stage tonight. Although, if there is a sidewalk czar, I want him on it. I want him on that job to fix those sidewalks. Oh, I forgot all the czars. I miss them. You're listening <laughs> to Glenn Beck. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. And the vast majority of time, they have no idea whether that alarm is real. Is it really a crime going on or not? And the alarm company can't tell them. All they say is, you know, a motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security, however, is different. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 300 and... Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to you a little bit about the coronavirus. Uh, we have a big special tonight. We've taken two weeks to do these Wednesday night specials. Um, we take the staff and we assign, you know, one part of the staff uh, two weeks just to research, write, and produce a one-hour special. And tonight, coronavirus. And mm. the, if, if, to fit all of this stuff in in one hour is really, I mean, it is truly Sophie's choice on which gets onto the show and what doesn't so we're going to go through some of the stats on coronavirus and what it really means because i don't think people really 
have an understanding. There's no. Do you think you understand it? Oh, on what's really happening? Not. I don't think most people do. No. Uh, so we're going to try to go through, and we've really tried to show the difference tonight in the special between what's fake, what's real, what's confirmed, what's not. Uh, and we'll go over some of those things uh, coming up in, in just a minute. I'm really more stuck on that last clip that Hillary played. That was fantastic. What, what show is that? That was, uh, that was one of the greatest know. things I think I've ever that was seen. Uh, Chad Prather. It was Chad Prather, really? Whatever was show. Chad if Chad's that good, i got to watch. <laughs> uh, it's not. No, I've no. seen that show. It's not that good. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Hello, America. The new number today for coronavirus is 75,195. That number is completely bogus. That's the number coming from the Chinese government. Experts say that it is probably closer to 350,000 that are infected, if we can believe that. And deaths overnight jumped 20%. We're now at 2,009 deaths in China with the coronavirus. What is it? What does it mean? We have a special coming up tonight at 9 o'clock, our Wednesday night special. It's on the coronavirus, but I want to spend some time just going over a bunch of stuff that we didn't really have time to put into the specials, kind of the basics of what is it, what do we know, what do we not know, and and give you a tease tonight of what you should really pay attention to. All that begins in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I um, my father was a baker, and he was a great, great baker, great baker. Um he also, when he retired, he became a Walmart greeter for a while, and he was the best Walmart greeter. My dad could do many, many jobs. Uh, those are two of them that he did, and he was really good at. I wouldn't want my dad to be my real estate agent. So if I said to you, hey, you should hire my dad to be a real estate agent, he does it part-time, your answer should be no. Your cousin, your sister's brother, uh, their nephew, who's now doing real estate part-time, or it's their first, they're just getting started, hey, give them your biggest investment of your life. You know, maybe they can help sell your house. The answer should be no. You want the best of the best. This is your biggest investment, most likely, in your life. So if you're buying or selling a house or doing both, you need an expert who has the uh, has the expertise, has the track record of getting the best deal for both buying and selling. We have combed the uh, country and we have looked for those people with that record. And then the ones who really care about their customers, the ones who really will treat you right and make the whole buying and selling experience good. And we've put them under one umbrella. None of them work for us. We're just recommending them to you. It's a free service. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The best real estate experience possible will be found through one of our agents. And if we don't have one in your area, we won't recommend one. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Now, before I get into some of the bad news about coronavirus, let me give you some good news. Uh, Hong Kong hotels 
are now telling it is now's the time. If you've ever wanted to go to Hong Kong, now is the time. They will give you great rates on the hotels. Uh, they said they have plenty of occupancy. Uh, tourism is down. Don't worry about why. Don't even think about that. But they're offering great, great deals to anybody who wants to come and stay in Hong Kong. So roll the dice. Roll the dice. Go to Hong Kong. Another advantage of the uh, of the coronavirus is lobsters in America could be a lot cheaper this year. Lobsters are a big portion of the main lobsters and uh, Atlantic lobsters have all been being sold to China. Some reason people aren't eating out as much in China. Don't know what it <laughs> is. Weird. That's weird. I have but, another positive. Yeah. Uh, energy use down 15% in coal because of this. In China. Which proves the thesis of Samuel L. Jackson in that uh, movie. Um, which one Kingsman? was it? Kingsman? Well, the Kingsman, where he wants to release like a virus that's going to kill right. all the people to save the environment. It would work. It would work. <laughs> it would all work. you have to do is it's kill a bunch already. of people. Yeah. You could kill them or keep them in their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some frightening things that we have found online, and, and Jason Buttrill is with us, and he is my chief researcher and, and staff writer, head, head of the writing uh, staff. And and I I asked him to take this on and tell me the difference between truth and fiction. And there's a lot of stuff we don't know, a lot of really important stuff we don't know. Um, but a lot of the videos that we're going to show tonight that are coming out of China are real and they're pretty terrifying when you see, when you see the, um, the guy, and I don't know if you heard this, Jason, but the guy who, you know, we have the video of going through the hospital and seeing all the bodies in the body bags. And he said, Hey, I need a hundred a day for our hospital. He's in jail now. That guy's amazing. So he he's absolutely amazing. He uh he made the most American sounding statement I've heard since I think 1776. I mean, with that, and that's another weird like a side effect from all this. Just all the dissidents that are coming out, and they're it's all coming. united. He was he was arrested. I think then let go mm-hmm. because of the out, outcry that said, "Hey, what are you doing? The party is out of their minds right now." So they were forced to let him go. Now he's been rearrested. But yeah, you'll see it. And quote he's rearrested for spreading false information. But these guys, <laughs> these whistleblowers, that's the same thing that the guy who first reported the coronavirus um, and just reported it not to the world, just tried to report it to his fellow workers at the hospital. Yeah. Saying, hey, if you know, if you're a hospital worker, there's something weird going on. There's this new strain of virus. I don't know what it is, but just wear protection if somebody's coming in with flu like symptoms. The Chinese Communist government arrested him, um, forced him to recant. They published it. Then he mysteriously gets sick himself uh, and dies pretty quickly. But before he dies, he's in an interview with, I think, the Hong Kong Free Times or something like that. And they have him. You can hear the respirator in the background and the heart monitors. And he's just (sighs) talking about. He was forced to to say those things. This is really bad. A lot of these videos that um, we're going to show you tonight have all been vetted and they're all legit. And this has been a, a hard process 
because there's so much disinformation going out there. We've already debunked one video um, that's completely fake. I think you talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. That one's not. The rest of them, though, are absolutely real. And when you see these, it's it's all too painfully obvious that we're not getting the full story over And there. the problem is, is that the Chinese Communist government has hired th- between 1,500 and 3,000 journalists to only go online and write stories debunking the truth. Yeah. So writing the communist line. And so you don't know. You have no idea what's true and what's not. And it's the worst case scenario. And they're not only doing that. They're, they're writing those stories, but they're also like very creatively writing these stories to get people in line. So all of their state-run media outlets are writing these stories saying, look all these great things we're doing. And that's how it's framed. Look all the, how all these great things we're doing to protect you. But I guarantee you that's not what they're meant for. They're meant to say, shut up, know your place, and get in line. We'll show you. It's insane. We'll show you pictures that they are proud of, the video, of. proud of, of the harassment by drones. Drones are now flying all over the cities in China, and they are coming in low, and they will say, they affectionately call them auntie or uncle, um, and they'll say, Auntie, what are you doing on the streets without a mask? And they'll kind of be like, oh, <laughs> this is kind of funny. And it, it comes down right at him and says, you need to go home now. Don't leave your home again. You need to be wearing a mask. And the, the you can see it in the eyes of the Chinese. They're kind of like, oh, this is kind of funny, but it's weird. Am I in trouble? And they always end with, we're watching you. We're watching you. We're watching you. I mean, it's terrifying. The, the, the one says, you, you broke the law and are, are outside of your house. Now a drone will follow you. And it's straight up, it follows this follows person the entire home. way. It is insane. Yeah, and they're doing it kind of like when, when they were being released in China, they're kind of almost like have, did you notice this? Like the Benny Hill music behind it. Yeah, yeah. And they speed them up as they're walking home to make it kind of funny and not spooky. It's really bizarre. It's really bizarre. So you'll see that uh, tonight because we're, we're looking at what China is doing as a big state. They are, they, I mean, how do you keep basically almost the eastern seaboard in their homes. How would the United States government say, hey, by the way, everything, really everything from Syracuse uh, down to Atlanta and to the ocean, everybody stay in their home. How, how, what? You would have to rewrite laws. Yeah. Um, every, mean, oh, yeah. They don't have to rewrite laws. They already have them. But to keep those people in the street, remember, you're let out, what, every two days? One person's let out to go shopping, and that I don't think is true anymore. I didn't see that. Yeah. It was like for at the beginning, you could go out to get some food, but now there is no food. There are no stores open. Nothing is working. There's no transit. There's no grocery stores. Nothing. People are literally trapped in their homes, dying in their homes. Are we going to show the video of the guy... Uh, who is being locked into his into his house on yes. the outside? And they're like, "It's for your own good." And he's like, "Don't lock me in here. I don't have any. That's for your own good." <laughs> Not only locking, but actually placing a steel bar um, on the door just to double make sure that he can't get out. Some of the other videos where they're going in and there's like it's 
it reminds me of I don't know like a you know World War Two you know like Nazi t- movie where they're going in and pulling Jews out of their homes. Mm. They're going into like some of these homes where they suspect they suspect people might have a case. And we've got a video of this one guy that filmed across the street, and they're going. The police kick the door in. They go in, grab a couple out, forcibly separate them, and they're trying to fight the police off. They forcibly separate them, throw them in the back of two vans, and they both take off in different directions. Mm. It's insane. Is the are the welding videos real? Where they've been welding people's doors shut? So I've seen. I've seen I haven't some seen of those. That. Have I haven't seen, seen that. that. No, I haven't seen that. I, I, it's funny because like the it, way it would fit. I don't know if they are, but yeah. it would fit. The way they're dealing with this in the media is so strange too. I heard uh, someone say the other day, like, "This is is this the uh, is this China's Chernobyl?" And then the person's like, well, it's obviously not to that scale, but uh, this is Nobody died in Chernobyl. Yeah, it was 59 people died in Chernobyl. Yeah, but this I mean, a- the after effects, when, mm-hmm. because of their denial, yeah. nobody, di- nobody died. The, nobody in the town died from the after effects. Anybody was who was the workers, there yeah. and the workers. And that was part of their denial. And it, look, obviously well, Chernobyl was serious, maybe. but like uh, this looks, this has the potential to be much, much worse. They were talking about it as being the scale less than chernobyl this is much greater right i mean if if we find out that they knew for weeks and weeks it didn't do anything about this they just did i mean that's what everyone seems to be reporting now and it's largely because what because the way their society is structured right he is the ultimate competent man at the top that always makes the right decisions that's what that whistleblower said he said Mm -hmm. that i he was like in that group text he was like hey i don't know why they're not talking about this because they're they're studying some of these cases in military hospitals Mm -hmm. and they're dying and they're not saying hey yeah this is this is a public health problem so we already know so let me give you the stats that we Mm -hmm. we do know they say today that it is 75,195. That's up about 2,000 overnight. Can the, I, these can, are the people who are, that are known to be infected. When I, when, when I was doing the stats, when I wrote this last week, it was 45,000. Correct. That, I just had to change it. That's yeah. how it, over 30,000 in yeah. just seven days. Doubled. Doubled in size. Yeah. Uh, so it's at 75,000. However, we don't believe that that number is anywhere close to accurate. No. Most um, uh, most people who are willing to speculate, and I've got a story about Michael Bloomberg folding to China. You can't, you can't trust our own press here uh, because they are in bed with China doing business. And so they want access to... And they will not question and give you the truth because they'll lose all access. And it's, un- it's just absolutely unbelievable and unreasonable for them not to at least say at the top of their broadcast, you know, we at uh, Bloomberg News have uh, major outlets in China and we have a deal with the Chinese government. We're reporting what we can in accordance to the Chinese government. That's all you have to say. Let us know you're you're not willing to say that because you don't want to lose your place in China. But you have to tell people that when lives are at stake. Wait till you hear the story about Bloomberg News. It's incredible. But make no mistake, they're all doing it. They're all doing it. So anybody who will go on the record, they they believe that the actual number of infected now is over 350,000. I find that number 
um, curious even at that level only because you're putting 75 million people locking them in their homes. 75 million people. That's, you know, take, take California and just say California is completely quarantined. Everybody stay in their house. That's, would we do that for this? It, it would, it certainly wouldn't be for something you shouldn't worry about. We'll give you the reasons why you should worry about it, but it's not necessarily that it's so fatal. Most seasonal flu viruses have a case fatality rate of less than one in a thousand people. So one in a thousand people, less than one in a thousand people will die because of the regular seasonal flu in China. That number is 20 now with this. That's way different than SARS. SARS was more like 100, I think. Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it 10%? Uh, SARS was... SARS uh, was... It was like... Uh, 8 or 10. Like 15, uh, yeah, it was like 15 yeah. to 18%. Okay, so... It was more deadly. Uh, yeah, much more deadly. But this is still over less than 1% regular flu. This is 20 people in china now there are some conditions that change that outside of china we'll go into that here in just a second by the way the special tonight where we're doing our best to give you all of the things that we know um in a concise way coming up tonight nine o'clock only on blaze tv it's the wednesday night special if you watch it live you can watch it on blaze tv.com slash glenn um, you can watch it live at nine o'clock. Also, that's where you'll get it on demand. If you have a friend that doesn't have blaze TV, uh, you can tell them to watch it on the blaze YouTube, but it will only be live there. So once it's over, it's over on YouTube. You can only watch it on demand at blaze tv.com slash Glenn subscribe today. Your subscription helps us do these specials. Uh, use the promo code Glenn and save 10%. All right. Um, I want to talk just for a minute here about ZipRecruiter. Bobby spent the past six weeks coming into the office in a kilt, you know, in the traditional style. And uh, and every time one of the many, many, many people who would ask him for God's sakes, Bobby, at least put something on underneath the kilt. Uh, he'd just stand on his desk, which was worse. And he would just, you know, freedom. And it got pretty ugly. So, unfortunately, uh, Bobby uh, is no longer working, and there's an, there's an opportunity at his office. The good news for the big boss in his office is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. They have powerful matching technology. They scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and the right attitude. I mean, you know, I don't know how their algorithm works, but... I'm sure you could say definitely nobody that wears a kilt or at least stands on their desk and yells freedom from time to time, which minus the kilt might be a few Bernie supporters. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter then analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a a great match. ZipRecruiter, four out of five employers, I'm one of them, can find the right candidate within the first day. It's ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. 
Okay, so the coronavirus is about in China is about as deadly as the Spanish flu of 1918. Spanish flu was a pandemic. This is an epidemic. It's regional at this point. Uh, if it becomes a pandemic and spreads across the globe, they say anywhere from the lowest I've heard is 30%. The highest I've heard is 60% of the globe of the entire population will get this. Out of that, 2% of the people will die. If it holds true to what's happening in China, um, I'm not sure that it will. The death rate is lower outside of China for several reasons. But that means at 40%, that means 65 million people will die. That's significant. And by the way, until we find a vaccine, you'll have to have like a flu shot for this every year now. We're still battling the flu. Much of the flu that we battle every single year is still a strain of the 1918 Spanish flu. So this flu is going to be around for a while. They believe now it's it will travel in saliva through water in the eyes, therefore close contact, kissing, sharing cutlery. You know, hey, can I have a bite? Nope. COVID-19. Um, you, you know, using any kind of utensils, make sure you wash your hands and all of that stuff. That all is uh, in play. This also, however, can be spread third hand. So you get the virus. You don't know you have the virus for as long as 24 days. They say 14, but it could be as long as 24 days. You have it and it's growing in you and you don't know. And in those 14 to 24 days, you can be infecting others. That's what makes this so troublesome. But that hasn't even scratched the surface of what I'm really concerned about. And we'll talk about that tonight on our special and in just a few minutes. Stand by. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. I, I hate shaving. I hate shaving. Um, my face gets razor burn and it's just, it's awful. I hate it. Uh, until I started using Shave Secret. If you use Shave Secret, you put three to five drops into your hand, into a wet hand, uh, and you massage it in. It's, it's, it's a, a proprietary blend of essential oils. And this is really, honestly, the way people used to shave until marketing came along in the 1900s. Then all of a sudden, no, we've got something better. It's a new gel and foam and soap. No, it's not. No, it's not. The, really, the closest shave you will uh, ever get on your face or ladies on your legs, uh, or how dare me say that, men can shave. Men can be pregnant and they can shave their legs. Damn it. Uh, anyway, um, get Shave Secret. You'll find it everywhere. You'll find it at Walmart. You'll find it regionally at HEB and Wegmans Grocery Store. You can find it on Amazon.com at Shave Secret, or you just go to ShaveSecret.com. If you use the promo code BECK, you're going to save 10%, but you'll get it wherever you find your shaving goods. Check it out now, ShaveSecret.com, for the best shave of your life. Go to stewdoesamerica.com. You can get all the links for to subscribe for the new show. Get every episode for free. And tonight's Glenn's Wednesday special.
Uh, <laughs> welcome to the program. We're, uh, we're glad you're here. We're talking about um, the coronavirus, which there's a lot of misinformation that is going around and disinformation, much of it from the communist uh, block of uh, China. Um, but the thing that we're going to show you tonight, we're, we're actually doing an interview with somebody who is in um, containment. They're in isolation uh, because they were actually helping people in China and then came back to the United States. So they're in isolation. And it's interesting to talk to somebody who has it. And he's well, he doesn't have it. He, he doesn't have it. he's tested. What is it? Every three days, I think. Um, and, um, he doesn't have it so far, but he could have it. And he's pretty optimistic about things. Um, he seems, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to him tonight, but he seems a little, uh, too trusting of the Chinese. However, uh, you know, he, he has to say certain things if he wants to go back and help people. And he does definitely want to go back and, and help people and be a cause of good in in China. So interesting conversation with him tonight about what it really means. Now, here's the one thing that no one is talking about. The coronavirus, as I reported about an hour ago, uh, companies like Land Rover are currently, according to the Irish Times this morning, they are currently taking suitcases to China, loading them up with parts and throwing them on a plane because they only have about two weeks left of supplies to be able to continue the production line from Land Rover. Now, I don't know how big these suitcases are or why you just can't just put it in a, you know, a case, but they're actually filling suitcases with parts and bringing them back so they can finish the cars on the line. And they say, in two weeks, we're done. That stops production. Um, and this is happening everywhere. The only one that's really benefiting from this here in America at this point is 3M. Because 3M makes the N95 mask. And they are in constant 24 production, 24-hour production right now, I, I, I believe, in Ohio. Um, and we are shipping many of the medical supplies over to China. And when I say medical supplies, I don't mean medicine. I mean masks and goggles and things like that. We, unfortunately, don't make medicine here, at least in the volume that we used to or we need to. 80% of our vaccines now come from China. Absolutely insane. 80, so 80% of the raw material that we use to make our, our, our medications uh, come from China. And then this is even scarier, in my opinion. 90% of all um, antibiotics come from China. Not the materials you know, to construct it or whatever. No, the antibiotics, 90% of them come from there. And when you look at those numbers compared to, you know, you I think you've already reported on India, what, what's happening to the price of uh, aspirin, analge and analgesic, which is aspirin, up 400% since Christmas. Okay, it, so guess how much of their raw materials they get from China? 80%. Exactly the same as us. Now, I don't know why their supply has gotten to the point to where their prices have already scattered, but our, our numbers are, ex are a carbon copy of India. So if it's a, if it's a, if you if you if crystal ball if this continues that's what you're looking at here crystal ball uh, if that is true um, 
that it doesn't look good. India is has already been fighting recession, but because of the coronavirus, the effects because the, a lot of their market comes from China, and uh, and a lot of their goods also come from China. They're a very close China uh, trading partner, and because of that, they think that China now, uh, I mean that um, India is going to hit a massive recession. I was reading a story today about uh, how, you know, we look for black swan events and people are saying that the stock market doesn't make sense right now. The stock market should be taking a massive hit because Apple just downgraded. All of these, the stories that I I read um, was uh, Apple, Land Rover, um, gosh, uh, Walmart, Costco, uh Ralph Lauren these trying to give a basket of it pretty much affects everything did you see how much apple lost 49 billion market value over the coronavirus okay 49 billion this is going to take them a long time to recover when the market starts really pricing in the coronavirus they're afraid that this could be a black swan. If it starts to spread outside of China deeply, it's real trouble. If it's contained outside of China decently, we're gonna we're gonna dodge a you know a, a possible silver bullet. However, the impact alone on China is going to impact all of us because remember we, we talked about this years ago. That the solution for World War III was found in the book uh, by Carol Quigley. And he was instrumental in putting all of this together. And he talked about it in his book, uh, Tragedy and Hope, in 1962 or three. And he said, um, the tragedy is two world wars in half a century. The hope comes from our new solution. And it's not just mutually assured destruction with nuclear weapons. It is also mutually assured economic destruction. And so all of our economies were tied together. This is where globalism really started. And it was started by a bunch of people who thought, you know, this is the best way to stop another global war. If we all tie our economies together, no one will uh no one will go up against the other because they'll pay just as bad of a price as the the quote unquote loser will so nobody will do it and the whole world will be vested in saying stop fighting so that was the that was the plan that's where we get globalism that's where we get mutually assured destruction with nukes and it's where we get mutually assured destruction economic destruction um and the according to that plan at the time the only thing that could disrupt that is if a a tribe a borderless and flagless tribe decided they didn't care about the destruction because they don't have a country they don't have an economy if they came in and tried to stop uh the order there would be no defense against it likewise the the other way to destroy it would be some sort of pandemic. Because if China catches a flu, remember, they used to always say this about America. We are the number one economy. If America catches a cold, they used to say if America uh, sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. 
that's because if our economy slows down, we are the provider and also the buyer of so much. So if we slow down, the whole world does. We've been keeping the whole world afloat. Remember, most of the world has not recovered from the 2008 financial crisis. Not recovered. That's hard to believe. We've had what? Our stock market is up, what, 400%, something like that? China didn't. China is still, what, 50 or 60% of what they were in 2008. They haven't, most of the world has not come back to where they were in 2008. We're keeping the entire world afloat right now. But China is the second biggest economy. And when you have all of these companies here in the United States basing their earnings, which Wall Street watches, based on 75% growth in China over the next two years, and now all of a sudden, I can't sell anything in China for half a year because everything is closed. Those earnings go down, which then has to reevaluate the price of the share, which causes stocks to go down, which causes companies to have to tighten their belt and lay people off. It's just a chain reaction. This, to me, is the scariest part of this in the short term. Long term, I could scare the bejesus out of everybody, (laughs) including myself, but I'm just looking at the short term. Summer is coming. Flu season goes down in the summer. It can't survive in the summer. It goes into hibernation. But we will have it again. But if China doesn't get back to work, if they don't open their steel mills, right now, X-Chair. X-Chair was planning on, you know, really blowing things up. and re- They can't get the steel from China. They were trying to, you know, to get the steel. This happens with cars and everything else. We're buying steel. We're buying parts elsewhere. And if we can't get those parts, if we can't get the basic minerals, if we can't get the, the basic stock of what we need, we can't do anything. And if they're not back to work by April 1st, and I mean full production, we begin to close things here. In April, you might start to see things, the store shelves in Walmart and Target start to be a little thin because they're not getting the products they need. If they're not back to work by April, May for sure, you're going to have a problem getting uh, getting product in the stores all the way up into September. If stores don't have product, they can't sell. We don't have to be sick. If you don't have the products, the stores can't sell. The stores will then have to slow down. The companies will have to slow down. Layoffs will happen. And what happens when that happens? The person in office is blamed for it. Barack Obama is not going to say Barack Obama will come out immediately and say that that right there. That's the Trump economy right there that it started around August. Whenever the collapse started, that's the Trump economy. And you saw how fast John McCain lost mainly on the the financial meltdown of 2008. It will be lost overnight. I urge you to do the responsible things, 
keep your family financially intact, hold on to your money, mend, reuse, repair, um, recycle, do the things that you need to do and you're not, so you're not spending your money so you have it. I would urge you to prepare not for a pandemic, which I think this will become at some point. Would you agree with that, Jason? With what we don't know, y- yes, I do yeah. agree. So I think, I think, emphasis on that, I think this will become a pandemic at some point. I'm telling you to prepare for shortages. If you don't have an N95 mask soon, you're not going to be able to get them because 3M is shipping them all to China right now. If you if you have things that you your family needs, your family wants, I would stock up on those things now. This whole special happens tonight at 9 p.m. You don't want to miss it on blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can sign up now, use the promo code Glenn, and save 10%. It will be broadcast live tonight at 9, both on the Blaze and on YouTube, on the Blaze YouTube channel. But it'll only be live there on YouTube. Once it's done, it's taken off of YouTube. So if you want to watch it live or on demand, Blaze TV. Thanks, Jason. We'll see you tonight. Uh, All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Relief Factor. Haven lives in Texas, and she takes Relief Factor for her shoulder and lower back pain. And her husband started having really severe pain in his upper back and his hip, and she convinced him to try it. He was a skeptic, as I was, um, and he kept telling her and himself, "Ah, this isn't working, this isn't working. And every couple of days, he'd say, it's not really working, until he stopped taking it. He's like, this is not working. He stops taking it. Then he realized, holy cow. Yeah, the pain just kind of kept lessening and lessening and lessening. And then when I stopped taking it, I realized how much pain really has been affected by this. He came back and uh, he started using it. Now he's taking Relief Factor again. And and in his own words, Relief Factor, I don't know, it just works. It does. It's completely natural, a drug-free way to ease your pain and get your life back. If you're in pain, get out. Do the things you want to do again. ReliefFactor.com. Call them at 800-583-84 or ReliefFactor.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I want to tell you this story about Michael Bloomberg. I mean, this guy is a freaking nightmare. Um, Bloomberg is, remember, Bloomberg News. This is financial news. He made his money by, what was the name of that device that all stockbrokers use? Bloomberg Terminal, right? Terminal, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's some crazy expensive terminal that gives you all the news all the stock information you can do everything on this terminal and they still use it don't they but it's worthless i mean like it's basically an old-timey computer that was really valuable many many years ago but now like you go on any phone you can do these stock trades you don't you don't need that anymore but i mean it's still in in use 
So that's how he made all of his money. And then he started Bloomberg News because Bloomberg Financial was doing the terminal. Mm -hmm. Why not just have Bloomberg News? So he is news, and he is news that the financial sector looks at, which makes his news organization directly um, uh, in tune with your wallet. If, If Bloomberg is doing something in financial news... That is not giving a true picture to Wall Street that affects your retirement. It reflect, uh, reflects your dollar. Mm. So it's, it's even more so than uh, CNN. Well, we need to know what's happening, you know, in politics. Well, we can watch that. Bloomberg is supposedly giving the data on companies and countries and everything else that the financial sector looks at. So, is he hiding something about China? Oh my gosh, yes. We'll get to that coming up in just a few minutes. Also, the woman who was a Democrat, she's now an independent, who was tired of being told to shut up and sit down, stood up, and she's on our show next. Wait until you meet her. Uh, she is a woman that I, I, I never knew of her or anything else until she wrote a, um, a piece for Medium, which is this really great kind of thinking website where you, could, you can really explain things in long form. Uh, and uh, she wrote something that was, I thought, the way my parents, the, the America my parents used to live in, where you can disagree, but you don't have to hate each other. Uh, lie about each other and and say that you know we're all poisonous. She had been seconds. hearing about you know uh, how you know Trump supporters are, et cetera, et cetera. And then she started seeing in her own circle people that were torching people that she agreed with and really kind of agreed with some of these people. They just wouldn't walk lockstep one hundred percent in. And she said, I don't I don't like this. And she went to a Trump rally and she's not a Trump supporter. Uh, I don't know if she changed her vote, but she wrote this really thoughtful piece about, you know, can can we stop hating each other? Because I think everybody wants to stop hating each other. She's on with us next. Well, as we look at the world today and we look at how divided we really are, is America truly this divided? Have we gotten to the place to where there is no return back to common sense and common decency, where we can disagree with each other and disagree with each other vehemently, but not try to kill each other, not think the other side has to be wiped out? There is this group of people, and we talked about it yesterday on the program, this this brand new study, I think it was from Johns Hopkins, uh, that was talking about how conservatives are 
are abused on campus, about 68% of the time, uh, people are saying that, yeah, I've seen conservatives beat up uh, over, you know, their viewpoints, they're silenced, etc., etc. The extreme left was the really the only part that didn't have a problem with that. All the other groups, you know, they they were, you know the moderates and everything else, they thought this was wrong to silence people. But the extreme left, they disagree. I'm going to introduce you to a very very brave woman uh, who is a, a writer, an author, a, a psychologist. Um, she helps you find Zen in the workplace. She wasn't finding uh, peace and any kind of Zen moments on the internet. And so she decided to do something about it. Can't wait to introduce her to you in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, we have a special on uh, tonight on the coronavirus. It's our Wednesday night special. I urge you to watch it. Um, Encourage your friends to watch it. We're going to separate the fact from fiction. There are some scary things and some not-so-scary things. There's some good news and bad news on this. The the worst news of is, I think, what it could do to the global economy this season. Um, it's going to be around for a long time. I don't think it's as deadly as it is in China, or it won't be here, perhaps. We have to pay attention to it. But there's a lot of things going on. Right now, I, I told you this morning that... Um, uh, Land Rover is actually taking parts out of China in their luggage because they only have two weeks worth of supplies to keep their their assembly lines running. There's going to be a real impact and shortage of things because of the crackdown in China and how many people are really truly sick. I mean, they've 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 quarantined. It'd be like quarantining, you know half of the eastern seaboard that's what they've done imagine the impact on just the movement of america let alone manufacturing if we were manufacturing like china is so i would urge you to prepare yourself um not for some global pandemic where we're all eating dogs and cats but just for shortages of things uh, you might want to uh, check out my Patriot Supply right now. Go to Source for Emergency Planning. I encourage you to uh, look at their special. They're running a special for the next four weeks at preparewithglenn.com. You can get 45% off a two-week emergency food kit. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They last up to 25 years. My Patriot Supply ships them fast and discreetly. Um, it, you know, things are not going to be running at full capacity. We could start seeing some things missing from the shelves at Walmart, etc., from China um, quickly. God forbid anything would ever happen and get real bad. You know, Chinese are now, there are no stores open. <laughs> they don't have My Patriot Supply. What do you do in that situation? Prepare yourself and then let's pray that the, the worst would pass over us, which I think it will. But there might be some bumps along the way. Preparewithglenn.com. Go there now. Preparewithglenn.com. Dr. Carlin Borisenko. She is an organizational psychologist. Uh, and she is somebody that I read, I think, the entire medium piece on the air. I've never done that. They tend to be really long. 
Uh, but I thought every word of what she wrote was important. She wrote a piece after attending a Trump rally. I realized Democrats are not ready for 2020. Their website is zenworkplace.com. May I call you uh, Carlin? Yes, absolutely. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I've had a bit of a week over here, Glenn. I'm not going to lie. I bet you have. I bet you have. I First of all, thank you for coming on. I would imagine this is the last place you ever thought you would be on. Oh, never in a million years <laughs> did I think that this would happen. Right, right. <laughs> um, you are a Democrat, um, and or you were. You were a Democrat. You're an independent now, and it's my... We had an argument back and forth. It's my understanding that you are still going to be voting for a Democrat or possibly voting. You're not you haven't changed to a Trump supporter or or voter, right? Well, I really don't know. I mean, I frankly don't know who my options are in the general election. And I think that uh, there are absolutely some some uh, pretty high profile contenders that I will not vote for under any circumstances. So we'll see. So tell the story for anybody who didn't read. Tell your story. Yeah, so I, um, you know, I had been going on this journey for the past, you know, six months or so where I was really starting to feel very uncomfortable in an echo chamber that I had created for myself. And I started listening to just different conservative voices. And they kind of all culminated when I decided to go to the Trump rally in Manchester, New Hampshire last week. I thought if there's anything, I, I can't think of anything bigger I could do to break out of my very liberal echo chamber. And everyone that I talked to about this idea was genuinely concerned for my safety. And that includes people on the left and the right. They were both really concerned that I was going to be physically harmed at this rally, Mm. either by the supporters or by Antifa or whoever. But I decided to go anyway. And I discovered that, you know, hey, shocker, they're just average, normal people that are really, really nice and welcoming. And And so I wrote about it. (laughs) And you said at one point you thought those people were despicable and even deplorables. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely um, went through a phase probably for about a year and a half where I really thought that, you know, anyone who supported President Trump was at best supporting racism and at worst downright racist themselves. Yeah. Wow. Um, And where did that come from? I was watching a lot of MSNBC. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, And then why did you become uncomfortable? Well, I'm a knitter, and in the knitting community, and I know this sounds bizarre, but it is a um, hyper-political community at the moment where they have these kind of roving gangs of social justice warriors just attacking people and mobbing them indiscriminately. Hey, stop, 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 stop. You're asking me to process way too much, first of all. Oh, I know. (laughs) Most people didn't even know that there was a knitting, an online knitting community, Uh, and now I'm seeing knitters... And roving gangs of social, something just doesn't fit here. It's not what I expect. Well, listen, I understand the feeling because I didn't expect it either. Right. (laughs) Um, But I started seeing this happen just over and over and over again. And at some point I started speaking up within the knitting community and saying, guys, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. And then they came after me. And at that point, and I I didn't get it as badly as a lot of people did. But um, at some point I just said, I I cannot align myself with these people politically. It's just it's wrong what they're doing. You talked about how one person was bullied so bad online that they, they became suicidal. Yes. Yeah. What 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 are the what were the arguments about? 
Um, so in his case in particular, he started speaking up when the mobbings first started happening. And I swear I'm not making this up. All he did was post a poem on Instagram asking for kindness and asking for people to just see each other as human beings. And he was mobbed by thousands and thousands of people. And when he and he eventually did go into the hospital and then his husband posted on Instagram that, you know, please stop the hate. He's in the hospital. And it just got worse and kept escalating after that. So it was really it was really too bad but thankfully he's he seemed to have really rebounded and now is getting a lot of support from people like me so who are these people that are in these roving mobs they're just they're people on the very far left that um, anytime something sticks out to them that is outside of their ideology, they try to pressure people into kind of bending the knee and and issuing these massive apologies and, you know, pointing out all the areas where they are wrong in their lives and transphobic and homophobic and fatphobic and all these things. And it's just they're they're I mean, to be blunt, I think they're kind of just horrible, miserable people that want to make other people miserable as well. <laughs> Boy, you're starting to sound like a conservative. Um, I know. Because, uh, I mean, this is this is the thing that really we've been warning about. There's there's disagreements on things um, that we can disagreements on policies we can go on. But when you're trying to shut people up and you do it through fear and intimidation, it's it's a very um, a foreign kind of concept to America. Um, that's not who we were. That's not what made us great. That's not what made us big. And anyone who's doing it on any side is is really engaging in some really dangerous stuff because it always ends the same way. I, I totally agree. And when people started telling me to shut up specifically, that was when I started really taking a look at it. Because for me, you know, expression is a gift that we've all been given. And and if you want to change people's minds, you have to do it through conversation, not through intimidation. So you said the day you went to the Trump rally, MSNBC was there. And so you yeah. you wanted to... Uh... Uh, you you wanted to go among some familiar territory first, so you went, and uh, what was your experience there that morning? Well, I was wearing a red hat that looks kind of like a Trump hat that says make speech free again. It's my little protest against cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always a conversation starter and people struck up a conversation and I said, oh, I'm thinking about going over to the Trump rally. And they were like, don't do it. They're going to hurt you. They're going to harass you. And one woman even offered me her pepper spray. And I just said, you know, I think I'm going to be fine. It's going to be okay. So what was the what were you what were your thoughts? Because I'm sure these people were being genuine. Yes. So what were your thoughts on on that, especially somebody of your profession that you look and say, these people genuinely care about my safety. They're really warning me. And it's almost unhinged from reality. Well, yeah, and I think that, um, you know, when when literally every single person around you is in fear of your safety, it's really hard not to question and say, yeah. what are they seeing that but I I'm don't not. see? But it's, it's also an indication that I knew I had to do it at that point because I knew I had to see for myself what was going on. So you wrote something interesting in your article about your hat on how it is yeah. viewed by both sides. I I can't tell you how... How I do you know who Jonathan Hyde is? I do. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Jonathan did kind of the same thing that uh, that you did, and um, and he 
he told me that he actually started listening to me and he said, I I'm listening to you and I'm thinking one direction. And he said, I realize you speak about things and you don't necessarily use the same terminology that all the other conservatives use. And he said, so it started to kind of crack my mind open a bit. And I'm like, well, now, wait a minute. How does this make sense? Um, and it's the same experience that you've went through by listening to other conservative friends and other voices. Um, and I have experienced it myself where you can go into a room and just not by changing what you say, just by changing how you frame it, mm-hmm. the, the entire thing changes and y- you can make all kinds of progress with people. And it's funny because we're really, I think the average person is generally fighting for the same thing. And yeah. you just don't know it. And you think the mm-hmm. other side is totally against it. Explain your hat. Well, I mean, my hat for me is just um, I, I got so tired of people trying to cancel one another and starting fights with one another. And so it was just my small little nod that um, I, I'm, you know, the First Amendment for me is one of my core values. I so yeah. strongly believe in freedom of speech. It's so incredibly important. And so that's the message I was really trying to articulate with it. But I completely agree with everything you just said, too. And it reminds me of the phrase, what resists persists. When we fight aggressively against something, we just make the problem bigger. And that to me is a reflection of what's going on right now in that, you know, especially and I, I, you know, my my liberal friends might disagree with me, but I see it coming more from the left than the right where they're fighting so aggressively and they don't understand that they're just making the problem bigger. All right. um, um, We're going to continue our conversation in one minute. Stand by. One thing that seems to never go out of style is the need for home security in the era of Amazon deliveries. It might be more vital now than ever before. The simple fact is there are people out there that have some bad intentions, and that goes all the way from stealing things off your porch to actually breaking in and posing a threat to you and your family. You can't not afford to protect your home. The good news is Simply Safe is here and you can afford to protect your home. Uh, a lot of times when you think about home security systems, they'll run 50, 60, 70 dollars a month. That's insane, especially when you see you can own your own system for how much? We've been ripped off for years, but that's the way, you know, the the system used to work. It doesn't work that way anymore. Now you're in charge and for 50 cents a day 50 cents a day you can have 24 hour around the clock monitoring it's easy to set up you can do it yourself or they will come out and do it for you and it's 50 cents a day and you own the system it's simplysafebeck.com. go there now get a free simply safe security camera normally a hundred dollars order today and you'll get it for free it'll help you capture capture crucial evidence for the police who will arrive at your house because of simply safe system 350 percent faster that's incredible. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafebeck.com. We break for 10 seconds, station ID. So, Carlin, what is it that you're looking for in a candidate? I'm assuming that you're still liberal. I mean, well, let me ask you. I think we used to think that liberals um, 
were not necessarily big government. This is in the early 20th century. They were all about the the rights of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Are you that kind of liberal? Are you a progressive liberal? What what kind of liberal are you? Yeah, I'm the first kind. I, I very much okay. believe in um, our fundamental liberties. I tend to be actually pretty centrist with some libertarian uh, leanings yeah. politically. And I guess I'm just looking for a candidate that's that's going to make common sense solutions and that's going to compromise. And that's really the biggest thing for me right now. So do you see anybody that the left is offering up? Tell me your ideas of the candidates, why you would or wouldn't vote for. Oh, gosh. So I think the ones that I would consider voting for, um, you know, I, I came to Tulsi Gabbard late, and I obviously don't think she has a shot at the nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what the left has done to her has just been atrocious in terms of the character assassination. Be careful. Um, You're I, starting to sound like the Glenn Beck program. I just want I you know. to know. <laughs> You're Listen. You're way over your head here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one is more surprised at this than me, Glenn. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, so I, I voted for Pete Buttigieg in the New Hampshire primary. Now, I voted for him mostly because I came to know him very early on in the campaign. Mm-hmm. I think he's pandering way too much for me lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I voted for Bernie in 2016 in the primary. Wow. I do not believe I would vote for Bernie again now because I think he's gone way too left. And I think his supporters just terrify me. And I think the, the thing with Bernie and who and Bernie's who I ultimately think will probably be the nominee is then it's really a question of do I do I want to go towards socialism or do I want to go towards capitalism? And I'm a pretty big fan of capitalism. Right. So, you know, um, so, so and yeah, what I mean, are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on on Trump now? And what did you what did you walk away feeling? Um, I, you know, I, I think that Trump, there are things about Trump I don't like. I definitely do not agree with some of his policies, but mm-hmm. I also, I love what he's doing with the economy. The mm-hmm. economy is in a really good spot. I'm an organizational psychologist. I love seeing unemployment low. That means people have jobs, people have options. Right. Um, and I, frankly, I like some of the actions that he's taken in terms of um, in being more aggressive towards, you know, Soleimani and all these things. So wow. I'm not opposed. To Trump necessarily. I also just think he's just a really funny guy, and I think that you have to put Trump in the context of being just this blustery New Yorker and not take him so seriously with every single thing that he says. So we were just talking about that today. The difference between Michael Bloomberg and Donald Trump is Donald Trump is said to be mean all the time. Sometimes he can be, but most of the times he's funny. Uh, he's got a sense of humor making fun of Michael Bloomberg and his shortness, but Michael Bloomberg does not have a sense of humor. You know, when he says things, I think he means them. Uh, where Donald Trump, you kind of have to, it's it's weird because you, you, some of the things he says you have to take for, you know, for reality and others you have to just blow off in that. He's just trying, he's just stirring the pot. That's all he's right. doing. Right. He- trolling and like i love a good troll like you have to like let yourself laugh at these things but listen if bloomberg gets the nomination and especially if he brings hillary with him i swear i will vote for trump purely out of spite (laughs) wow wow so the question i really wanted to ask you are there other people like you that are starting to wake up to the democratic position of just playing footsie with really dangerous people 
I think there are people who are starting to wake up. It's definitely hard. I've gotten so, I mean, probably like thousands of messages over my story of people saying, I wish my liberal friends and family would read this, and I tried to give it to them, and they just won't. Um, I think the people, you know, in, in small numbers are starting to wake up, but I really do think that November is going to be a giant wake-up call, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Wow. Thank you very much. Um, I so respect you, Um even though I'm sure we differ on a ton of things, I really respect the courage uh, of anyone who thinks out of the box and dare go against their own side uh, for what they believe in. And I wish you all the luck um, that uh, I could possibly wish you. Thank you so much for Thank being on. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Dr. Carlin Borisenko. Amazing. is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so my dog Uno, you, he's the most stubborn dog and stubborn eater ever. You literally had to stand there motionless, I mean it, while he ate. It, because if you moved, he would be distracted, then he'd stop. It got so bad, the doctor was always like, you know, you've got to feed him. We're like, we're trying. Then I met Dr. Black, the inventor of Rough Greens. He told me the reason. Kibble dog food is dead. It has to be sterilized so it can have a long shelf life. Rough Greens is not a dog food. It is just a supplement that puts all of the live nutrients your dog needs for a healthy dog into the food. It doesn't matter what you buy, the most expensive pet food on the market, uh, or if you do what I've been doing lately, which is make your own dog food at home. But Rough Greens will make your dog's food so much better, not only in the taste, but also um, nutrients that are in there, the live probiotics that are in there. You really care about your dog? Man, take this one little step and you're going to see a massive change in your dog. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. And go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code GLEN. Get access to the archive and everything of the Wednesday special plus the subscriber special as well on Fridays with Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome. Glad you're here. We have a new segment on the uh, program. It's called, What the Hell is Happening in This News Story? (laughs) Now, you wouldn't think that that would be an actual segment. Right. Because you can figure out news stories. But I think that's changing. Right. Okay. So I would like to read this news story to you. Okay. Read it to me. And I would like you to identify uh, what has occurred in the story. Okay, can I take notes? You can take notes. Okay, all right, all right. Now, there's two two ways to look at this. Okay. One. One. Do they actually tell you what happened in this news story? Uh-huh. That would be my... I would like you to answer that question. Okay. Number two, then you can start to just guess at what you think happened. All right. But I would like you to keep it fact-based to see if I'm just insane okay. and don't understand it. Okay, okay. And I'm going to read Do you know the answer to I this? I do not know the answer. Okay, well, that's not a fun no, game. No, no, I, I think, I, right. I think okay, the speculation right. is, is the part of this. Okay, all right. Now, <laughs> I'll even give you the headline. You don't have to. I'll give you the I'm headline much more, I'll give you the headline much, I'm much smarter than you are. Okay, here we go. I don't need the headline. Are you ready? Yeah. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson has come out in a candid interview, candid, in which she discussed her relationship with Cory Booker. 
Got it. In 2018, Dawson shared a post on Instagram in celebration of Pride Month, which many at the time took to mean she was coming out herself. Mm-hmm. During a conversation with Bustle, however... <laughs> of course, Bustle. Bustle. Who doesn't read Bustle? Exactly. Or listen to Bustle. Thank you. We have all of, her, all of their magazine, their website, CD releases. Their Wow. However, she clarified it wasn't her intention to do so in the post. Though, she is now officially coming out. Uh-huh. People, this is a quote from Rosario. People keep kept saying that I came out. I didn't do that, she said. I mean, it's not inaccurate, but I never did come out, come out. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I guess I am now. Uh-huh. Though Dawson has not shared how she identifies, she added, I've never had a relationship in that space, so it's never felt like an authentic calling to me. In 2018, she shared a post writing, Happy Pride Month, sending love to all my fellow LGBTQ plus homies. Keep being strong in the face of adversity, loud and proud. Here's a little... Throw bike to last year. What is she? She Tom Brokawson? Here's a little. <laughs> a little, a little I didn't want to misrepresent it. It does <laughs> not right. say little. Okay. It this says is low. Okay. Dawson and Booker mm-hmm. went public with their relationship in late 2018 mm-hmm. after months of speculation. And the actress has spoken out about dating him in interviews. In an interview with Women's Health, she opened up about the sweet morning ritual they share, telling the magazine, every morning that we don't wake up together, he sends me a song. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. I just, so glad he's out of this race. I mean. Which means every morning. I mean, I have to say, Mm -hmm. I have to say, you know me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I haven't had a man card since I don't even know when, 1971, maybe. Sure. Uh. But even he makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it's <is> really revolting. <laughs> it is. And then she ends it with, this means every morning he holds our relationship in his mind and heart for a mm-hmm. few minutes mm-hmm. before he goes off to his big day. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the story. Okay. What occurred in this story? So, uh, so this is not hard. It's not? Okay, good. No. I, I'm is, glad I'm missing something. No. I, um, people thought she came out and then they were confused. Came out, came out as gay. Okay. Okay. And, um, and, but she was dating Cory Booker. And so they were like, whoa, what's happening? She's come out, but she's with Cory Booker. And, and she's, you know, saying sweet things about Cory Booker. And now, uh, she was like, no, I didn't come out then. I didn't come out then. I've never had that relationship. She may have had those feelings, but she didn't have that relationship. Meaning a relationship uh, with a woman. With a woman. Yeah. And so now, or, you know, transsexual or okay. whatever. What, yeah. Uh, and one so of the one of the letters, uh, and, um, and so then she started dating Cory Booker, and he is so bad as a man, he turns women gay. <laughs> That's option number one. That's option one. Okay. Option number two is... <laughs> I'm not is, sure this is how the process works, but okay. okay number option two. number two mm-hmm. is Cory Booker is now a woman, and she's announcing that she's in a lesbian relationship now. I mean, that would fit the story. Right. I mean, I, I think would say it's they clear. didn't rule it's it out. Yeah. Right. Right. They didn't tell us. They didn't rule anything in. In. They didn't rule anything out. I saw this yesterday. I just read the first okay. paragraph mm-hmm. yesterday, and I had the same th- feeling. I was like, wait, are 
Are you saying that Cory Booker is a beard? Are you right. saying, right? Is, I don't know what they're saying in that story. Right. But they are speaking same, code. Right. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I keep coming back to the same point in my head. If you are saying she does not sharing how she identifies, that is in the story, though Dawson has not shared how she identifies, are you coming out? Are, don't you have to share she's, how you identify well, no, if you're coming she, no. out? No. She's saying I'm one of those letters. I'm one of those letters. So she's coming out. It's none of your business which letter. Like, I'm one of those letters. I'm a G for Glenn, but I'm also L. <laughs> I am. I was born a lesbian. I will only sleep with women. I've only ever sure, I, been attracted to women. So, again, I don't know exactly how that works. And I don't know if they know exactly how journalism works. I don't have a man card. But you're right. They but, don't know how journalism works. Because I think, what the, I think what's happening here is that... Now, can I speculate? This is complete yeah, speculation. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I sure, don't sure. know, yeah. even though I've read the whole story multiple times, I don't know if this is true. All right. But what I think happened here mm-hmm. is she has come out as a B. So she is saying she is a bisexual. She's dating Cory Booker, but she's never actually dated a woman, but she's attracted to women, but is not currently attracted to, to the women because she's dating Cory Booker. So I think she's bisexual, but... I no, can't I th- be clear. I think I it's more know. likely that Cory Booker is now a woman. I think that's the second option. I, yeah. I didn't think of that. But I, I think put that as the first option or that he's just so awful yeah. as a boyfriend right. that he that he literally <laughs> turns women gay. It's, it's, it's that, possible. But I think what's happening, though, yeah. is I think she came out as bisexual or Cory Booker's a woman. It's possible. Either, yeah. either one of those either is very way. possible. Equal, don't you say? <laughs> Equal chances. Sure. Yeah, sure. But they're so woke. Mm-hmm. Because she wanna... hasn't actually said it, they can't say it. Yes. So they're trying to tell you what it is without Telling saying you. it because yeah. they can't say it right. because she hasn't come out and identified herself as and what, so they as don't a certain want letter. To, they don't want to. Uh, th- what they don't want to do is they don't want to out. They don't want to out her, even right. though the story's about her outing herself. Right. The story is legitimately titled Rosario Dawson has officially come out in latest interview as what? When you walk out of the door, people see you. The whole point of coming out of the closet is because then you're now visible. You're no longer hiding in a closet, and you're visible. But if you don't tell people what you are, you're not visible. You're still in the closet. If you haven't explained what letter you are, aren't you still in the closet? She's one of those letters. One of those letters. But that's just picking. She's in one of those closets. You still haven't told us. You never... You're telling me that... Monty Hall and Let's Make a Deal was somehow not an American <laughs> tradition for many years. That, you don't know what's behind curtain number one, curtain what number two. letters curtain behind number, curtain number two? You don't know. It's a plus. Right. You knew there was something there. Right. Right? You knew you were going to get a prize. We know she's going to get a prize. We just don't know which one. So do we know anything else about her? Nope. Do we want to know anything else about her? Nope. Can I give you another situation you don't want to know anything else about? Yes. It's a letter that came into Slate. And of course, we have all of their magazines, CDs, or pamphlets. Whatever Whatever it is, we have that. That and bustle. Yes, and bustle. They're big. I want to take a quick moment to pause here. Yeah. And uh, let you know, as a parent... 
you happen to be with your children at this particular moment, it's a wonderful time to find uh, a, a moment to switch to another station. To talk about things. <laughs> yeah, maybe to talk about turn things. the volume down for talk just a second. Okay. okay, all right. And t- I tell you what, I'm going to give you a chance mm-hmm. because, you know, you may be listening on your phone and it's a long walk to your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to give you a chance. We're going to stop, take a break, and then come back because this story, <laughs> this story is... Uh, disturbing on so many levels. Mm. And we go there next. Again, one of those things where everybody's saying something because they can't say anything else. Right? Mm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. They can't judge. Can't, how, can't ju- dare how dare you, you. judge. Mm-hmm. All right. You don't know it. By the way, another Glenn Beck prediction came home yesterday. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, didn't Utah just say yes to polygamy? They they decriminalized Decriminalized it. it. Is, 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 I believe, yeah. what they did. Yeah. No real outrage there, is there? Huh? No, I didn't barely nope. even mention. We get, we're almost at the end of the yeah, show. And nobody even, even mentioned that. that no calls oh, about I it today. Polygamy is okay now. Huh. Who would have predicted? Hmm. Now, you don't know it, but your engine is about to overheat and die right in the middle of traffic. Not only did you ignore the check engine light when it came on the other day, Tanya, but you failed to, uh, you failed to do anything about it even when you were driving, let's say, with your husband, uh, to Target over the weekend, Tanya. And you're probably driving Tanya in your car right now with the check engine light on, and you're not going to do anything about it. Well, so you're driving along, you're singing along with some stupid Michael Jackson song, and planning where you're going to lunch, you know, four hours in advance. And pretty soon, your car breaks down, Tanya, and you wish... You would have listened to the check engine light, especially when you go to the service manager and they're like, oh, yeah, you don't have any warranty. And, you know, if you would have come in weeks ago when it first came on, it wouldn't have been that bad. But now, woo, good thing your husband got car shield. (laughs) Yes, the man, almost a superman, almost a man with unbelievable superpowers. He insisted that your car was covered with car shield as well. (laughs) Tanya, Tanya, Tanya. As if that is your name. I'm just picking a name out of the air here. Uh, CarShield provides 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free, Tanya. So don't check the engine light. No, don't. Don't do it. You don't have to worry about it because everything's going to be covered. Change your life. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection. Call car uh, 800-CAR-6000. 800-CAR-6000. Mention the promo code Beck and visit carshield.com. Use the promo code uh, Beck. Save 10%. That's carshield.com or 800-CAR-6000. Mention the promo code Beck. It's carshield.com. Deductible may apply. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So we, I really want to go to, uh, want to go to this Slate article and just remind you, mm. this is all being mainstreamed, and yeah. where are we now? And who is who? Who, Demo- who are Democrats? Who are liberals? Listen to this. If you're just joining us and you're with your kids, it's a good time to not be with your kids. Um, so here we go. Uh, Dear, how to do it from Slate. 
My wife and I have been in open marriage for about five years. Ah. On the whole, our relationship has been uncommonly open and supportive. Mm. We strive to encourage one another to explore and even playfully push the limits romantically and sexually. Oh. Now this is where it gets dark. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is that, that first part's great. Yeah, I, no, I'm that's, actually, so we're I'm happy all with that open. That's fine. For as long as I've known her, my wife has been interested in incest role play. Ah. While it isn't my cup of tea exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Not my cup of tea. If my wife came to me and said, I want you to pretend you're my brother. Mm. I don't think I'd respond with, that's not exactly my (laughs) cup cup of of tea. tea, But hey. Um, He says, I've been willing to help uh, support her in her exploration Ah, of this kind of fantasy and role play. Sure, sure. This is where it gets very, very dark and very, very twisted. Mm -hmm. Much worse than it's been so far. (laughs) Often. We like to eat our lovers. (laughs) We're almost there. (laughs) Often, she will have me dress up as her father, wear his cologne. Oh, my gosh. While she will wear her high school clothes. Uh, you, dude, you got to just run at this point. You should get in your car, drive any direction. That's do not, not where have you are. children with this mm. woman. Recently, though, things have started to move in an uncomfortable direction for <laughs> that me. That wasn't uncomfortable. <laughs> was no, it's fine with that. No, I like to be. Let me play your dad. My wife is very close with her older brother, mm-hmm. who is also bi. And with whom we often speak very openly about sex and sexuality. A few, ni- a few nights ago and after a few drinks, my wife got to talking fairly explicitly about some of the family role-playing that he, she, and he, she and I are into. And her brother, who I thought would be kind of horrified, was not only entirely supportive, but vaguely expressed interest in exploring this with us. When I got home, I expected my wife to make it clear that her brother ever joining us in the bedroom was entirely off the table... But instead, she seemed to think it was a really good idea. Wow. In principle, I don't have a problem with the idea. Oh, in principle. So very principled guy. And oh, he's, yeah. in principle, he doesn't yeah. have a problem. The principle is having sex with your wife's brother? Your wife's is brother the and principle? your wife at the same time. It, okay. Together. So that's the principle. Yes. Okay. She, right. So if, you, if you're in principle, what's the problem? <laughs> right. Uh, she, bottom line... I am just worried about how <laughs> you think it would be something really like profound here. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, worried about how this could affect my relationship with my brother-in-law. Is there a way for me to do the, to make this happen without it getting weird? Well, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I, straight out, no. 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 Now, you'd be happy to hear that the Slate uh, columnist was did not say go for it it's a great idea because that's where i thought this no. was gonna go what a christmas <laughs> christmas <laughs> family picnics that it's gonna is, get weird this is legitimately uh legitimately the uh, the advice doing incest with your wife introduces not just strings but a potential tangle of them it's courting drama <clears throat> is you courting i saw this is drama. The, this it's is the problem incest it could make holidays and other family get-togethers especially uncomfortable for you. <laughs> That's the worry. <laughs> and then Stu, it ends Stu, with this. Stu. Hold on. I, you got to get this advice because this yeah. is important. If okay, anyone needs okay. to hear this. If you're thinking about this, yes, got to hear, hear this, this advice. This is important. Important. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should do anything, anything. that makes you uncomfortable. Oh. Particularly if it involves having sex with your wife and her brother, just always remember that advice. That is, if you take anything from today's show, beautiful. Don't do things that make you uncomfortable. Particularly <laughs> if it involves having sex with your wife and her brother.
So that's the that's good advice really, from Slate. That is really good. I'm starting the show there tomorrow. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program.